Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Pop Law Podcast. I am your host, Desiree, and I'm still not your attorney. Pop Law Podcast is presented to you by Revolt Podcast Network. Pop Law is back with a new sound, same show, and all things pop culture and law. On this episode, I am sitting down with singer, songwriter, and overall girl boss, BB, also known as Britney B. We will be breaking down recording contracts. What happens when a new artist signs a deal then blows up and becomes a star. This topic is about leverage. Please welcome BB, Brittany B. Hey girl, hey. Okay, I love this. You look so beautiful. You look amazing. Thank you for joining me on Pop Law. Absolutely, thank you. I'm so excited to see you. So I know BB. I've seen her in the studio writing for all of the stars, but this girl is amazing and also a songstress herself. Brittany Barber, known professionally as BB or Brittany B, is an American Grammy nominated singer, songwriter, recording artist from Compton, California. I mean. <laughs> She has a diverse catalog as a songwriter with cuts on Jennifer Hudson, Summer Walker, The City Girls, Freddie Gibbs, Queen Naja, Tyla Yahweh, and more. In summer 2018, she started off as an A&R consultant at Warner Music Group and quickly secured a spot on the global A&R team, working closely on acts such as Bad Baby, Jason Derulo, and more. She has now founded her own Los Angeles-based, full-service creative agency, Verse One Entertainment, that specializes in building and placing catalog on artists, TV film, for new undiscovered talents through songwriter and artist camps. She is a music supervisor on AMC, All Black's latest dramedy series, A La Carte, which is executive produced by Megan Good. And she's gearing up to release her new album, Ghetto Feng Sway, cementing her position as a new R&B triple threat that can do it all. Britney B, everybody. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> so before we get into the topic, mm -hmm. leverage and record deals, mm -hmm. I have some rapid fire questions for you. Okay. Are you what's ready? That? Okay. Rapid me fast. That is. You got to okay. answer them. First thing come to your mind. First thing to my mind? Yes. My mind is bad. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm going to try. Caramel or caramel? Caramel. <laughs> <laughs> old school or new school? Definitely old school. Heels or sneakers? Sneakers. <laughs> these get harder. Hmm? Okay. Can't stop or these hoes? Can't stop. <laughs> okay, so these are two songs Britney has written. Tell us a little bit about Can't Stop. So Can't Stop um, is a record that I did with Theophilus London and Kanye West. And the way it came about was so crazy. I actually went on a road trip with a friend of mine named Mike Moore, who is um, a musician and a producer. And he's like, hey, do you want to go on this road trip with me to this artist's house in Palm Springs? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. sure, why not, right? <laughs> because one of the things that I teach like a lot of my mentees is like the, the hardest part is just like showing up. Like you just got to show up and like figure out what your, um, you know, what the opportunity yeah. is, right? So I said, sure. So I went on the trip and 
I get there and it's Theophilus London and he's like, what you do? And I'm like, I sing, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so then we, um, we ended up making that record and I didn't really think too much of it. You know, I was just like putting good energy out there. And I get a, a phone call a couple of months later and he's like, Mike was like, yo, that record that we did with Theophilus, like he placed it, he's gonna make it his single. And I'm like, wow. what? You know? Yeah. Um, and he he was like, I also have some other news. And he's like, I, he put Kanye West on the record. Amazing. And I was Amazing. Like, what? So here is my name right next to, uh, you know, Kanye West and Theophilus and these amazing, incredible yeah. musicians. Um, and it was my first placement, my first placement as um, as a as an, a background vocalist on a record, yeah. like with my actual vocals on a record, um, as well as like writing credit, like majorly. Yeah. I got my first major check from a record label. Then it, the check was $2,500, uh -huh. I think it was, for like singing background vocals yes. or whatnot. But um, I was really excited to That's like go to a label placement. and pick up, a, you know, an actual check for my gift, right? Yeah. Like, and so that, that was, that's the story that I reckon. That's how and I these hoes, tell us a little bit about that. These hoes, <laughs> oh Jesus, the Bad Baby era. Um, <laughs> so Bad Baby, um, for people who don't know, um, is a young woman now, right? At the time she was about 14 and she went viral for being the Catch Me Outside girl. Yes. And so I got a call from the label and they were just like, hey, um, we're thinking of signing this artist. We would love for you to work with her. So we started working together and we built a really great relationship and really good chemistry in the studio. And we were trying to find her single. Mm -hmm. So we were cutting records, cutting records, cut, cutting records, and we, we hadn't come up on the single yet. We had a couple of things that we were thinking would be the single. And so, interestingly enough, these hoes... <laughs> <laughs> Same with the record. Um, was a record that I had um, co-written with a friend with Price uh, from Audio Push. Yeah, you know who mm -hmm. that is. Yeah. Um, he's a great friend of mine. And so we were actually just waiting for the producer to show up. Uh -huh. The session was running late. The producer was not there. And I was like, man, just pull up some beats. Let's just write a song. Like, let's use our time yeah. and be productive. And so I just came up with like, these hoes be blah, blah, <laughs> and these hoes be, and it was, <laughs> I actually it's, like the song. I love Bad Baby. And my friends used to be like, why are you listening to this girl? And a fun fact, one of the first episodes of Pop Law is about Bad Baby and some of her legal issues. So I'm very familiar with her. Um, we got into the story because I wanted to give some context of why I asked these two rapid fire questions. Mm -hmm. But the last one, and this might be hard for you. Okay. After Hours or Love Me While I'm Here. Neither. Neither. Okay, Get so on tell Punk people. Get baby. We're moving on. <laughs> okay, so We're those are past <laughs> albums, mixtapes, EPs, and I'm classifying it like that because we'll talk about it later, Absolutely. why there's distinctions. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, so let's get into some facts of the case and why we are talking now. Yes. So to frame our episode on leveraging record deals, we will be looking into disputes with music artists and record labels and management. Specifically, we will be breaking down when these agreements are signed by unknown artists and they are small and then ascend into stardom and become big artists. But of course, they sign their deals when 
I would say they were nobody, but that's what the masses were, don't know. But when they, they were starting out, yeah, starting it's a good, out. you know what I mean? When they were starting out, yeah. So the two recording agreements that come into mind for me when I think about this is Summer Walker's deal with LVRN and of course the ongoing battle with Megan Thee Stallion and Carl Crawford of 1501 Certified Entertainment. So let's get into the case about Summer Walker. In 2017, Summer Walker signed a record deal with Love Renaissance also known as LVRN. Allegedly, some of the deal points included an advance payment of $85,000, a 15% royalty rate mm -hmm. of ownership on her master recordings, and receiving a small percentage of revenue generated from non-music deals, such as acting, brand placements, endorsements, endorsements yeah. and any other management percentages as well. Mm -hmm. Summer Sense came out and said that is not her current deal and the deal points have changed change, but we do not know what those are. Allegedly, the agreement is more favorable to her now. In contrast, Megan Thee Stallion and Carl Crawford, this has been going on for three years. Yes, yes. We see the <laughs> tweets of them going back and forth all the time, and it is really nasty it's at this gotten point. It's ugly. It's gotten extremely unprofessional. Um, I say unprofessional on the label side more than the artist because yeah. the artist is the creative. Yeah. And at the end of the day, she's like allowed to express her, herself however she wants to. Mm -hmm. You know, um, not saying that they aren't, but it's just a little unprofessional on their part, especially since they're trying to build a brand of being a reputable record label, label that yeah. wants to ultimately attract more artists because they're only as good as their product. Absolutely. Right? So <laughs> it's just gotten crazy. So here's what we know about the Megan and Carl Crawford situation. She has been in this dispute for three years. Well, they both have been in this dispute for three years. And 1501 Certified Entertainment was founded in 2017. Megan signed her deal and allegedly a management deal with them as well in 2018. She later signed deals with 300 Entertainment, which was a distribution deal and Rock Nation, which was a management deal, but she was still under the contract with 1501. While the full deal terms of Megan's contract with 1501 are not public and supposed to be confidential, we kind of know what they are a little bit because there's been about three or four lawsuits back and forth between the two of them. Some of the deal points or alleged deal points include a 60-40 split with Megan receiving 40% of all money earned under mm -hmm. her recording contract. And she also allegedly receives 50% of her publishing, which means she might also have a publishing deal with 1501. She also allegedly has varying percentages on merchandising points, uh, touring profits, which means it's probably a 360 deal. And for those who do not know what a 360 deal, that means the label can take from anything you do, including your music. Who needs an alarm in the morning? When McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles. And a breakfast cutoff. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Well, yeah, a 360 deal, the reason why they call it a 360 deal is because it's a circular deal, right? Yeah. So it's an all-around deal. So they, you share all the revenue profits with them. So from everything, everything. from your non-musical recordings, from your musical recordings, any touring, any merch, any performances, any endorsements. I mean, if you act, if you do any <laughs> television film, if you do any commercials, they there is a certain specific amount that you guys are all sharing 
all around. All so it's around. an all-encompassing deal, hence the term 360. 360. You wrapped up in that thing. <laughs> That's basically what it is. And typically, the, the labels will take their money first or collect all the payments, and then after all of their expenses, then you get paid out. Is if that you, how it if, works sometimes? If you take an advance, um, and the advance is recoupable, yes. which means that um, it's essentially a loan. And I think a lot of artists don't understand what that necessarily means. So they are the financiers. They yes. are financing your, your career, dream, your, your career, dream, yeah. and your dream all around. So what do they think? The money grown trees are like, how do they think it gets paid <laughs> back? They have to pay it back. They have to earn it back, yeah. right? So um, the touring, uh, the... Everything, the album release, let's just say just from album sales, right? Yeah. If they spend 50000 on your recording, through, you know, from your recording budget, you have to actually pay that back before you start earning and accruing any profit right. on the revenue. So and if your deal that. only sell, I mean, if your um, album only sells... $25,000, you are in the red. You are $25, in $25,000 until <laughs> they get their money until back. Until they get their money back. You don't see a dime. So stay tuned for Pop Law Breakdown. We'll, I will go over some deal points and recording agreements, and we will talk about mm -hmm. these terms, the advance, recoupment, and everything else. So a couple more facts on the Megan and mm -hmm. 1501 case. Megan allegedly represented herself and her mother also looked at the deal. Her late mother was an industry vet. And in some tweets, Megan and others have alleged that the attorney hired to represent her was appointed to her by the label. Never hire an attorney that was appointed to you by the label. That's a clear conflict of interest. Anyways, once <laughs> Megan became big, she wanted to renegotiate her deal. The label, 1501, said, no, you can't renegotiate your deal. The deal terms stand, and now we have this big mess. Megan wants to get out of her contract now. She, well, she wanted to renegotiate. Well, she stated that she wanted to renegotiate her contract, and I think because of the time span, the time lapse like that has gone by, is like she's, she's continuously been releasing music, so at this point she feels like she's fulfilled the contract, yeah. which is why she wants the contract to be a, show a status of fulfilled right. and be, you know, and end. But I think, um, going back to what you were saying about attorneys, if she did, because it's alleged, right? If she did get a, an attorney that was appointed by the label, oftentimes that happens a lot. I see that a lot because artists, you can't just look in a phone book and look for an a, music attorney. Yeah. a music attorney or yeah. entertainment attorney, yeah. right? You don't know who's the top entertainment attorney. Um, it's not just necessarily easily Googleable. For some of them, um, especially new artists and undiscovered artists, fresh artists, they're just they're going with what the, the label um, says. With the what the label yeah. says and like the advice, right, that they're giving them. Like, oh, we know five different attorneys, but then it's kind of like the blind leading the blind because those let the labels, they got that recommended to them, you know? Yeah. So it's just it's a lot, it can be a lot of conflict of interest. Yeah, so the great thing is the time that we live in, there's social media, and you can look up hashtags. If you, just like you look up makeup artists, look up a hashtag for entertainment attorney or music attorneys. Yeah. A lot of attorneys are marketing themselves that way. Yeah. And LinkedIn. And so that might be one resource that people don't know to look at, but LinkedIn is essentially a portfolio or a database of where everybody works and you can try again to look up those keywords. 
So everything that we talked about gets us to the issue at hand. The issue here is that new artists tend not to have adequate legal representation as we talked about. Right. New artists anxiously sign deals with the expectation that the label will help them financially and also thrust them into stardom. Labels tend to provide artists a monetary advance to get them signed and started with the promise of marketing promotion and connecting them with songwriters like you. Whether an artist signs with an independent label or major label, the terms of the deal hinge on who has the most leverage. Again, stay tuned for the Pop Law Breakdown where we will take a look into important provisions of recording contracts. So now let's talk about you and your thoughts on this entire situation with recording agreements and again, Summer, uh, Megan, and then your experience as a songstress yourself. What was your first reaction when you, Summer Walker's deal first leaked? My reaction was that I wasn't surprised. I mean, she was an unknown artist releasing R&B music, which is one of the um, genres that necess isn't necessarily super popular on the charts, right? So we have like a lot of commercial records, a lot of pop records, and hip hop has been the dominant genre for the last 10 years on Billboard Hot 100. So I wasn't surprised that like she signed a deal that wasn't necessarily super favorable for her. But for me, the biggest question in it is like, what happens when it works? Yeah. Like it worked for her. It did work for her. And, you know? And we saw that allegedly she was able to renegotiate that deal because she had leverage. She popped probably bigger than her expectations and the label. And $85,000 as an advance is not a terrible advance. I mean, especially if you're someone who was like, I think she was like, Clean, she had a cleaning, cleaning job at cleaning one point. Business, yeah. She, you know, I heard that she dipped, had different odds, you know, jobs and things like that. So she wasn't making $85,000 right. even in a year, yeah. right? So for her to be making $85,000, like just getting an advance in her account, I can imagine that was such a relief um, as a creative because now she can like move forward in the steps of like just being able to create and, you know, and leaving it to the hands of LVRN. And $85,000, again, that can be life-changing, <laughs> as you said, coming from a cleaning business and odd jobs, that is tremendously mm -hmm. changes your life. And so now you have this money, you're able to pay rent, catch up on bills if you right. are behind mm -hmm. and get, start looking good, put that music Absolutely. out. You know? I mean, I remember when I signed my first publishing deal, I got $50,000 up front. I thought I was rich. I know. You know? <laughs> I thought I was rich, you know? I was, like, very excited that someone was paying me for my gift. So, yes. like, again, I, you know, although it wasn't the best advance, I think it was uh, the best amount of advance that she could get yeah. being an unknown artist. And she was, I mean, again, she's, it, it was a small amount that I feel could easily be paid back to. Absolutely. And that is a great point that can easily be paid back. Sometimes these million dollar deals, you do not want to be in the red for the rest of your life because you have to pay this money back. Yes. That is you. You haven't performed yet. It's a service agreement. It is a loan. Some people call it a predatory loan because anything that the label pays for will be added to that advance that they gave you. And you will always be in the red until they get that money back. And a lot of artists sign to labels and get dropped. I don't think that we talk enough about the artists that they do give $100,000 yeah. to that makes them 
$10,000 or flops, essentially, right? Yeah. So then the label has to eat that cost. Yeah. You know, they have to eat that cost like a bank. So I think, like, it's it's just interesting. It's the only, um, it's the only field, um, you know, the only, like, career path where, essentially, um, they can take a loss. And, and, the, and the artist is just like, okay, well, thanks. It was great being signed to y'all. It's like, no, you owe the, you know what yeah. I mean? So I think for her, it worked. Unfortunately, it's worked out and it's working out because um, she is an incredible artist. But her deal, um, compared to a standard contract, is is terrible. So what's a standard it's contract? Bad. What's Jesus, a standard it's bad, contract? Lord. Um, it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. I mean, she just needed a more favorable like royalty rate. She needed a, a more favorable when it comes to the deal in terms of like the percentages. I think the percentages and also her commitment. So, like, what is her commitment? How many albums does she need to give to them? You know, um, how many songs does she have to deliver? Um, I think that's super important in terms of calculating yeah. how long it's going to take you to get out of this deal. What is your delivery commitment? And, and commitment is something that is really prevalent in the Megan case because in one of the lawsuits between her and her label, they are talking about she has a minimum commitment that she hasn't filled. Now, to me... Megan put out five or six albums, but they aren't all counted as albums. In this latest case, they, she's saying, I fulfilled the commitment. I needed to give you an album, which was 40 minutes. This was 40 minutes and two seconds. However, the label is saying, well, it actually doesn't count because you didn't give us full songs. Some of it is skit. So one, I think it's important to define the song length and also... Yeah the album length if the skits count. Yeah, I think for her, she's at the point where she knew that she was not, they were not gonna let her out of the contract. Yeah. Um, labels are not obligated legally to let you out of a contract. Yeah. You sign the contract, your job is to fulfill it, just like their job is to fulfill their end, right? Yeah. That's what a contract is, Absolutely. it's a promise. I make you a promise and you make me a promise, we fulfill those promises, contract is... Contract one-on-one. Yeah, that you know what I mean? That's way it. it's as simple yeah. as that. Like. I promise to do this if you promise to do this. It's simple as that. And if you don't do those things, it's called what? A breach of contract. Yes. So when I first saw the Megan um, and Carl Crawford chaotic yeah. situation, <laughs> chaos. I was just like, um, one, as a creative, and I just disclaimer, I fully respect Megan. I think she's an incredible artist. I think that her ascension into stardom has just been incredible to watch. However, I do think that if I were like her personal friend, <laughs> I would put my hand on her shoulder and be like, girl, fulfill your contract. Yes. Just fulfill your contract. Right. The sooner you do that, the sooner you get out of it. And you it's are so free. simple. Yes. Like it's not that hard. And I get it. She's, you know, she's gotten more popular, so she wants to uh, renegotiate, but he ain't got to. He does not have to. And you to. can't get mad that he don't want to. Exactly. <laughs> the four corners of the agreement, what we like to call, those terms stand. You abide by that. Right. And what does he get out of renegotiating? What is the benefit for him exactly. to allow you to renegotiate? Exactly. Because essentially, both of them started off, and this is what happens, and it's an emotional thing, right? Yeah. As humans, they started off with high hopes. 
I'm putting this money and I'm investing into you because I believe in you. You're signing the contract with me because you believe that I'm going to be able to do for you what your heart, what you really want, which is to be lit, be popping. Which you couldn't do on your artist, own. Which you couldn't do on your own or yeah. else you wouldn't have signed the contract. Yeah. And so guess what? It happened. It happened. It's how are you going to go back on that? How are you going to go back on it? I mean. It happened. Like. Carl Stantish. <laughs> She got popping. She down with Rock Nation and everybody else. Now she don't want to mess with me. Maybe, maybe that's not true. But her point is, no, there's an accounting issue. You owe me money now. But before that, she just wanted to renegotiate. And now it's all these other things. So, I mean, I don't well, know. Well, she what wanted to are. renegotiate the contract. He did not want to renegotiate the contract. A part of her contract as signing a production deal, because she has a production, I guess, yeah, it's a production deal, um, label deal, whatever you want to yeah. call it, with 1501 certified. They then took their artists that are under 1501 certified and they got a distribution deal for those artists. Her distribution deal is with 300 Entertainment. Yes. And so she's now in two different contracts. She's in Inception. She from she in one world and another world down at yeah. the bottom of the floor. That's what she's doing, right? So um, they're also collecting something. And so Megan has label. to pay fifteen oh one and three hundred before she gets any money, right? And a part of her contract, I believe, is um, allegedly right, is that they have the permission, they have to sign off on when she releases records. But that's something that's actually standard in a lot of contracts. If you sign to a major record label. They have to approve your records. They have to approve your features. They have to, you know what I mean? It's yeah. not just like, oh yeah, I did a record with my homeboy, <laughs> right? Like Beyonce's yeah. like, yeah, I did a record with um Joe Brown. He'll be like, who was that? We're not putting that out. Right, exactly. Or um, they do that as well, given the timeline of releases, right? So if like, for example, Drake and Meek Mill are releasing records at the same time. Drake might be like, Drake's label might be like, well, yo, you got something coming out in November and he's trying to promote in November. Yeah. Let's hold off on that until October or let's do this, move it up. Because You know, there's, there's so many different factors that go into it, but the bottom line is they have that right. It's contract. It's in the contract that they have the right to, um, to approve, approve and it. deny. So with you know, the this, release of records. This ability to approve and deny, is this sometimes why some artists are shelved or they never put out music even though they have this record deal and they have these promises. Mm, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to say shelved because of the releases. I think it's a tricky thing. Um, it's, it's an, again, a number of factors, a number of factors. You know, if, if there's a different, uh, there's another artist that's releasing um, on the label and the marketing team, you know, again, because they share marketing, marketing right, yeah. departments and stuff. And um, I think it's an all hands on deck for a particular person. It's a all hands on deck for all the artists, right? So you wouldn't necessarily want to put your album out when the same time as someone else, yeah. you know, um, and run the risk of not receiving as much love or as much support because yeah. another popular artist is dropping music. And that it risk just is what it is. You won't get those streams. You won't have anyone looking on it, which means you won't make any money and you aren't able to pay back that advance. Well, you want to set yourself up for greatness. Yeah. You want to set yourself up, the artist wants to set themselves up for the best release possible. So I think in her terms, she, as a rapper, 
And um, just as a hip hop artist, they typically and statistically release music much faster. So yeah. every Friday on New Music Friday, Rap Caviar, right? All these Apple Music playlists, et cetera, they're dropping like 11,000, 12,000 new hip hop records every Friday. So she has to release music, you know? Yeah. So him denying the records or saying, no, she can't do this feature or not approving that, um, you know, she's filing the lawsuits, right? So she filed like restraining orders yeah. um, <laughs> against and the company. And that's not a, a physical restraining order to stop him. A restraining order to say, you can't stop me from putting out music. Exactly. Just, yeah. And her winning that, right? Yeah. She won those. She won those, those motions. And I think um, that's amazing. It is incredible because I don't agree with them denying her to drop her yeah. records, especially if she is, uh, if she's, becoming more and more popular. Why, you know, why yeah. would you stop that for your artist? You want that artist to... But there's so many, again, there's so many factors, so much stuff going on with them. <laughs> so are there any, I guess, pros or cons of signing with an indie label? Again, 1501 is an indie label. It's not like a Warner. Well, she signed a production deal. So she signed, um, I think, half of her publishing away, right? 50% of her publishing. So she essentially signed a co-publishing agreement. and. Again, I haven't seen, I haven't physically seen her contract, contract yeah. but typically in production deals, you are signing for a certain amount of releases, releases right? Yeah. And then you're signing for a certain amount of time, you get a certain amount of advance, and then if you, let's just keep it in layman's terms, right? If you get lit, you get popping, <laughs> they get first right of refusal. They get first dibs on helping you get an, a major label deal or get major distribution. They get to counter offer if someone makes you an offer. There's all these little different things that are in the contract that you have to understand. Yeah. You know? So what so, are options, Dan? We hear a lot about options, and but tell the, everyone what that is. An option is basically extending the period of time that your deal is, that you're, you're in the deal. So if your deal is for one year, $100,000, 10 songs, then they say with an option. That means another of that same term, basically, yes. and like just to keep it like basic. Yeah, that's what that means. So they 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 get another option. They get another time to offer you the same contract. Now, when your deal is up and it's up for renewal, you can also send them notice and say, Hey, I'm considering going somewhere going else. somewhere yeah. else, or someone made me another offer. And again, if it's in the contract that they have the right, the first rights then they have to, you got to send them that contract. Yeah. And say, okay, well, Atlantic is offering me blah, blah, blah. And then they have to be able to... Match it, match or, it or beat it. Match it or beat it, yeah. right? Match it or beat it. Um, but sometimes, unfortunately, people sign contracts where the option is just already written in yeah. and it just automatically goes to that option. They don't even have the opportunity for anything Someone else. told me, and I won't mention who it is, because he, <laughs> he is a pretty popular artist. He signed a two-album deal with eight options. I, so eight more so years. Ten. Eight more, ten years. One, you, you can't really do that because there's a seven-year service law in mm -hmm. California. But I'm like, you signed that in what year? In the 20-teens. I can't believe. Oh, and he had an attorney. Not a very good one. Oh, my God. But I can't believe someone still signed an agreement like that. But again, it's yeah, very I was gonna say I think a lot of times when people sign deals that are deemed bad or um, unfavorable to the artist, it's because they're just not educated. Yeah. Um, fortunately, we have so 
much, like we have a plethora of information online now yeah. and a lot of different music organizations, private organizations, um, you know, even just a recording academy, right, that, that provides music education. Yeah. Um, when I was younger, um, even though I'm still young. Yes, uh, you are, girl, yes. <laughs> no, when I was younger and I was going to school, I didn't major in like music or mm -hmm. singing or songwriting because for me, I was like, God gave me that gift. I'm like, right. I'm good. Like I yeah. felt very confident in my gift, but I was not confident in entertainment law and yeah. entertainment business. I was like, I don't know. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, this is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Like, I was in my mind, I was like, would they come get me? Yeah. And they come to offer me this deal? I want to know what my deal is, you know, yeah. and what's going on in it. I don't want to be swindled. And so that's why I have went so hard for learning about music education and um, and mentoring other creatives too, you yeah. know, because there's so many options now. So going back to what you were saying, um, distro deals, major label deals. Yes. The pro of a major label deal is they paying for everything, baby. <laughs> they paying yes. for it all. Okay, if you need a lash, you need an earring, you need a tour bus, yes. you need a poster. They are Whatever you need, record a studio, a booth, a mic, they got you. They paying for features. They doing it all. Yes. You know what I mean? Marketing, mm -hmm. billboards, everything. Yeah. Everything that you could think of, all encompassing for your deal, they are taking care of it, mm -hmm. right? The con. Okay. You typically, you give away your masters. Mm which is a super important thing super that you important. want to try to hold on to. And, and masters are important because you can do any and everything with your music. You can go license it out and sync licensing, which you do all the time, and we'll tell you what that is in a little bit. You can have other people record it, you, but overall, globally, you get the say-so and you get all of the money first. Your masters is your key. Yes. And it opens a bunch of doors. Yeah. And you give that key to that label, they opening the doors. They signing off. They 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 have ownership over you. Yeah. And your entity. And it's it's unfortunate, you know. Um pros of a distro deal, right? So I have a distribution deal right now with one RPM. It's a global distribution company. Um, they're all over the world. Um, and we have an amazing urban, you know, department. And my deal um, is I have a distribution deal with my company. Mm -hmm. So it's Verse One Entertainment slash 1RPM, yeah. right? And so the pro of that is I am in the driver's seat. Yes. I can release records when I want to. I'm the CEO of the label. I can sign off on my features. I can do whatever I want to do, right, in terms of the label. And I don't have to worry about going through anybody else yes. to be as creative as I want to be, right? Yeah. The con. OK. <sighs> you doing it all. I got to pay for everything, Jesus. I got to pay for it all, Lord. I'm tired of it, OK? Listen. Yes. Everything, everything, everything you think of, I have to pay for it. Yeah. I have to finance it myself, right? But that ownership, <laughs> that ownership. <laughs> is key as you said and, yeah. and, it, and it'll all come in 
One of the things that I love about you is you were willing to go get educated and learn the business and not end up in situations that we see so many artists when you watch these shows of what happened to our favorite artists, where are they? And, and even current artists that we see right now, in addition to being a senior songwriter and, and these type of deals, I believe that it's extremely relatable, more relatable than me as the attorney that I can tell you all the deal points, but you know, having this mutual conversation of us talking about it, someone living, breathing it, and we all know the business, Apart from that, and which is also extremely important, you were an A&R at a label. You know how it works. So you are speaking full circle. Yes. 60 and, and y'all should be listening, taking notes, right? Yes. I feel like um, working at a label um, as an A&R and working on the global team really helped me to understand both sides of the yeah. coin and really gave me an appreciation um, for understanding myself as a business and as a brand and not just like, oh, la, 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 I want to drop music. I want to be like, you know, shoot music videos. It's fun. <laughs> it's like, no, this yeah. is actually a real business. You are a business entity. Your name, your likeness, your image, all of those things are a commodity. It's a yeah. product for them to sell and make revenue off of. And so when you see you know, um, even like athletes, she should kill O'Neal on a box yeah. of, you know, Cheerios or yeah. whatever. And you see, you know, um, Nicki Minaj on the rap snacks, right? Yeah. All of those things um, are wrapped into some type of deal, you know? Um, and so I think it's important to understand both sides for sure. The other con of having a distro deal is going back to what we were just talking about, marketing. Yeah. So you have to pay for your own marketing and fund your own marketing. Now, distribution deals um, and distribution companies do offer some label services um, up to and including marketing. Right. Um, however, it needs to be funded. So they might have access to, you know, Times Square billboards and, yeah. uh, you know, whatever the case may be in terms of what you want to do to market yourself. Yeah. But you will have to eat some of those costs as well. Now, does social media make marketing yourself easier? There are some artists who are extremely popular off of social media and then labels come to them and they have the leverage to say, I will agree to these terms or I won't agree to these terms, again, because they're famous through uh, social media. Um, I think social media helps tremendously. I would be like, blind if I didn't say it didn't help, right? I mean, obviously, I developed um, an artist, yeah. <laughs> Bad Baby, right? Yeah. Who was, her Her biggest leverage was and still is her social media presence, right? right. So um, she was able to, and what I, what I loved about working with her and even just this entire learning experience, developing an artist and breaking an artist, right. was that um, her conversion rate. Mm. Tell people what a conversion so rate her, is. So you can have a million followers. Right. Right. Let's just say, let's just take a hundred. You can have a hundred followers. And you say, hey, what's up? It's your girl, BB. Buy my album today. And 10 people download it. My conversion rate is what? 10%. 10%. But if I say, hey, it's your girl, BB. Download my album and 50 people download it it's a 50% conversion rate. Yeah. You want your conversion rate to be as high as possible. It doesn't necessarily matter how many fans you have, right? right? But you want your conversion rate to be super high. And what I noticed about Bad Baby was her conversion rate was through the roof. Okay. When she said, hey, y'all, go do blah, 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 or hey, I'm at Knott's Berry Farm, pull up on me at 2 o'clock, it was a million kids outside. Yeah. 
pulling up on her at two o'clock. And so that's how the label was able to see, okay, she can sell a product. Yes. She's mar she can market something, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's extremely important for social media artists because if they go to a label and they're like, well, look, I'm telling people to go follow my YouTube and they subscribing like crazy and I'm telling blah, blah, blah. Well, how about we start putting t-shirts on there? How about we start telling them to download my song? How about we start selling hair care? How about we start doing et cetera? And that's how you get those social media stars who convert to music, music artists, artists, right? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> if you have this high conversion rate, sometimes it's like, why do you need the label? What do you think the reason is? Is it they don't have to pay out of pocket for that additional marketing? Or is there another reason why they will be willing to sign with a label? Um, I think, it's, again, it's a number of factors. It depends on what the artist is looking for, what their goals are, um, what they want to do, right? I think, um, for example, like a Queen Nija, she was like a YouTube star, right? But Queen Nija is immensely talented. Yeah, she, she does. Is. To me, she don't need YouTube. Yeah. She can sing her ass off, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So she's, she's incredible, but I would, she'd be like, she'd be like silly not to use her social media presence in order to like sell her music, right? And, and I feel like for her, signing a record deal was extremely beneficial because it solidified um, her seriousness yes. in the music industry, right? And, and actually, She's on tour, I believe, with Mary J. Blige, yes. right? Yeah, yeah, she's on tour. I'm trying to go to the tour. I'm trying yeah. to go. Let's go. We you go. trying to go? Yes, yes. Okay, <laughs> we're going to go together because I'm ready to go hear some singing, okay? I'm yes. ready to go cry. I'm and a, all like all y'all, I'm gonna be like, I'm can I do celebrate. some background vocals with some like, I don't know, what is it called? <laughs> Voice auto tune? I can't sing at I'm, all, girl. I can't even hum. That's okay, I got you. Okay. I got you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I stay trying to get on. I'm like, friends, can I can I learn how to play the drums? You can do my intro. You have an amazing speaking voice. You can do my intro. You can be like, hey, y'all heard it here first. I'm gonna do <laughs> the intro on BB's new album. Yes, you gotta do the intro, you know? <laughs> so Tell us a little bit about you, what you're working on. We just go focus on you. Focus on me. These new projects, this new <laughs> album, what you want to do, where you're going. Tell us everything. Well, I mean, you know, I'm continuing to, you know, educate the young creatives. I just started a new mentorship program, um, First One Entertainment Mentorship Program. So it starts in October. Um, it'll be going, it's a four-week program. It's an ongoing program for creatives to um, meet with me, do one-on-one -on -one sessions, and really just get really personalized educational services on what is necessary. And also keeping it real, like, you know, I see a lot of these like companies who are like, oh, we gonna teach you the five steps to <laughs> how to make it. And it's like, no, there are yeah. no five steps. It's yeah. not like a formula, right? Everybody's different and everybody's path is different. Mm -hmm. But um, the opportunity is there and giving them real connections um, and helping them make a real impact, right? So yeah. um, I'm continuing to do my sync camps, right? Um, I just recently uh, placed one of my singles in uh, one of Issa Rae's uh, shows, Sweet Life. Um, on HBO Max. I, I love that show. And <laughs> you, so you said sync camp. Uh, we're talking about sync licenses. So you got in a little bit to it. Tell people exactly what syncing is. So syncing is, and this is why it's important to own your masters, right? But it's being able to license out your record um, over and over again to different uh, media platforms like television, film, yeah. commercials, uh, whatever it is that they need to be able to license and utilize your, your music for. Yeah. So... 
Um, that's yeah. another check. That's another check. Okay. <laughs> okay. And if you, um, you'll also be able to earn on the composition and on the master. So for your vocals. So I, I, I get two checks. Um, yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so Multiple cool. streams. If you own your masters, right, yeah. on those records. Um, so I've been doing that, really getting into the television and film, more music supervision as well, which will allow me to be in the driver's seat to then reach out to creatives and sync their music. And what is music supervision? Because this is really important. <laughs> There's not a lot of black people, but a black woman who is a music supervisor. Oh my Baby. gosh. I'm just super grateful for um, All Black and for the a la carte series. That was my first time being a music supervisor. And um, basically, every anything that you hear in uh, a TV show or um, a film, someone placed that music there, okay. right? Someone listened to it, they watched the, the scene, and they said, this song goes with this scene, okay. right? Um, and then there's so much other, so many other layers to it, like post-production and spotting sessions, and all this other stuff. But the basics are, um, I put music in TV and film, okay, and it's okay. fun. And you know, it's like placing a record on an artist, but it's a scene. Okay. Um, and being able to utilize my A&R skills that way as well, and um, engineering and mixing and just all mm -hmm. that great stuff. It's been really great. So. Multifaceted, multi-hyphenate. We got all this yeah. over here. Yes. And so after all of that great stuff, um, <laughs> the movie that I'm in comes out in the fall. It's called Imani. Um, it's a Manny Haley production directed by Mike Ho. Um, it stars Brittany S. Hall, Demetrius Ship Jr., Chris Lofton. Um, just some incredible, incredible um, young black actors. Um, I am immensely grateful for even yes. being, you know, just next to them in this film. Um, and I play like the comedic relief. I mean, okay. you know, if you can't yeah. tell my personality, yes. I'm a very goofy, uh -huh. fun, outgoing person. So um, it's a very serious action movie. All right. And I'm like, mm -mm. I'm the girl who be like, run. <laughs> you know, you I'm the one. I'm the, I'm <laughs> we not being the first one killed in yeah, the movie. Yeah, I'm not being the first one killed in the movie. <laughs> I'm not, you know? So it's that and it's me just um, being that, like I said, that comedic relief for those who are watching this very intense you know, action film. Um, so that's coming out very soon. I'm very excited for that. And then um, we're going to drop this album. Okay. We're going to drop this album. We're going to give some more music. And tell us the title of the <laughs> album again. <laughs> the title of the album is Ghetto Feng Shui. Um, R&B album, correct? It's an R&B So R&B is not dead. R&B ain't dead. <laughs> and I love Darrell Babs, a.k.a. Tank, with my whole heart. I said his government name, Lord. He gonna get me. Um, <laughs> I love Tank with, my, uh, Tank with my whole heart, and I love you know Diddy as well. I have immense respect for him. But I, you know, and I appreciate actually. I ain't even gonna say that I, I don't like that he said that. I actually love that he said like R&B is dead or whatever the case may be, or you know like spark yeah. that conversation, right? Because um, it allows for people to actually seek out um, new R&B artists and new soul artists. So look out for the album that's coming out. Um, in about a, a few weeks. Okay, the, you know. so tell yeah. everybody where they can find you, get in contact with you. Um, they can find me on all social media platforms. Uh, my Instagram is Brittany B Music. My YouTube is Brittany B Music. Um, all that great stuff. And yeah, right. it's lit. It is lit. Come find me. Come you find follow me. I'll follow you back. I'm yes, y'all friends. I love a follow back. Oh yeah, I'll, you know what I'm saying. I'm trying to increase everybody's uh, interaction, engagement. interactions, engagement, engagement. and conversion. And <laughs> and conversion. Versions, right, exactly. So yes, no, absolutely. So three takeaways from our conversation today. Number one being, once you sign a contract, companies are not obligated to renegotiate your deal. 
The second takeaway is a monetary advance is a loan you're getting that you have to pay back for services you have not rendered yet. And the third and most important takeaway from our conversation is there is no such thing as a bad deal. A deal is as good or bad as you negotiate. And as you make it. And as you make it. Because you want to make it. You want to. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for watching another episode of Pop Law Podcast. I'm your host, Desiree. Make sure that you follow Pop Law Podcast on Instagram and visit our website, poplawpodcast.com. Pop Law is available on all streaming services and brought to you by Revolt Podcast Network. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can watch our beautiful faces. Again, I am Desiree, and please remember, I am still not your attorney. Bye. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.